fully. Yeah, okay. See what happens. Um, so we're not really sure what we want to do for this episode, but some kind of off-season, pre-season training camp. Don't know, not a summary, but something about that. Yeah, um, we've not really touched on that, so no. we probably should. Yeah, we'll and it's what's last... going on at the moment. Exactly, so somewhat topical. We spent the last however many weeks doing those like d- divisional reviews. So I would say eight weeks. Yes. Um, and then we had your silly one last week. Yeah, that's um, fun, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So I was thinking the way to do this might be go through chronologically. So um, starting at the Super Bowl, I'll kind of say what happens at each, you know, every couple of weeks in the off season, And then if you don't know what I'm talking about, or have anything you want to add, this would be your forum to do so. Plan. That sounds okay. good. Okay, so, cool. Super Bowl. Boom. Yeah. It's finished. Do you remember when the Super Bowl was, roughly? Yeah, it's age, ages ago, wasn't it? Uh, no. Can I guess? Yeah, that's that's what this space March. is for. March. Um, it was mid-February, Valentine's Day, roughly. Oh, okay. Pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. Um, so, obviously, so every team finishes their season just when their team gets knocked out, right? So, yeah. a lot of teams finish when the playoffs start, all the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and, obviously, every round of playoffs, some teams finish. And so, two teams finish. On Super Bowl Day. Precisely. So some off-season activities do happen before the Super Bowl, if you like. Like uh, head coaches can get hired um, or fired or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Traded, etc. Yeah. Um, Presumably all coaches, not just head coaches. I guess so, yeah. Um, but a lot of the time... So I think... Um, I listened to a podcast um, all about, it's called The Play Callers by Jordan Rodrigue from The Athletic. It's very good. Um, Okay. Which is all about, uh, it's called The Play Callers, and it's about Carl Shanahan, Sean McVeigh, Mike McDaniel, and Mike LaFleur, who are all kind of coaches, who are all now head coaches, but all work together. Um, Anyway, this is not really the point, but someone... I think it was the Rams were looking for a new head coach and they wanted to hire, they wanted to interview both Sean McVay and Carl Shanahan um, when they were somewhere else. It's before Carl Shanahan joined the Niners. Um, but they couldn't arrange a, I think they were trying to interview Kyle at the same time he was in the postseason with Atlanta. He was the okay. offensive coordinator, I think, in Atlanta. Um Anyway, all that to say, so there must be kind of those kind of things going on during the playoffs. Um, and in fact, I think Jonathan Cannon, who was the Phillies uh, DC defensive okay. coordinator, was interviewed just before 
the Super Bowl, I think, um, this season. And he's now the Arizona head coach. Does that make sense? Uh, okay. Yeah, he was interviewed. me. He was interviewed by Arizona. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah. So there is some stuff that happens before the Super Bowl, but most off-season stuff starts after Super Bowl because then you know everyone's available and no one else is thinking about anything else. Yeah, and presumably everything that happens before a Super Bowl, one of the two teams involved is a team that's out. Yeah, yeah, it's all planning for next season, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then the Super Bowl happens, and then I don't know how when it is, but then I think pretty much immediately, free agency starts. Right. Um, so that means you know, transfer window, basically. Yeah, sort of. Um, so you can trade players, um, but a lot of the time players' just contracts end. So they're just and, like relinquished, basically. Yeah, so they're just like what we would call in football a free agent. Yeah. Um, so that's when loads of people get signed, traded, whatever. All the big moves happen pretty soon after Super Bowl. Yeah, the big names. Um, can you think of an example that happened this offseason? No, not off the top of my head. <laughs> Well, the listener, Paul rolled his eyes twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once I happened quickly, like Derek Carr went from the Raiders to the Saints. Right. Jimmy G went from the Niners to the Raiders. Um, which was very sad for you. Which you was miss, sad for me. Bless him. You miss him, Jimmy G. I miss him, I miss him every day. Um, and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. I mean, that one took a bit longer, but it was still roughly the same kind of time frame. Okay. Um, so what tends to happen is the big moves kind of happen, and then smaller moves happen kind of off the back of it. Um, yeah, people adjust into the big moves, I guess. Yeah, and you, I guess, I guess as a team, you want to get your big pieces in place. Because obviously you've got the salary cap, so you want to know how much you're, you're working with. Yeah, like yeah. there's a big difference between signing, I don't know, Derek Carr for forty million a year and drafting a rookie quarterback who you'll be getting who'll be getting significantly less than that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you need to think where your money's us. going. Yeah. Um and then you know who you need to draft. Exactly, yeah. So the Aaron Rodgers deal got done just before the draft. Um and then, yeah, like you say, you know who you need to draft. Um, so, yeah, um, that's free agency. So that's quite exciting. And then things get a bit boring until the draft. So apparently there are off-season workouts. I don't really know what that means. Um, which happened in kind of mid to late April. Um, but that's different from training camp, I guess. Yeah. Because there's no... The draft hasn't happened, so there's no rookies there yet. Yeah, and I and there are it's weird, there are really strict rules about who can train when and what uh they can do. Um What do you mean who can train? Can like, everyone not train? So for example, uh 
obviously I was going to come to say it, but when training camp starts, um, the rule is that veterans, I non-rookies, can't like be at training camp more than 15 days before their first preseason game. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. I think it's like to protect, to make sure the players get enough time off and rest and recover and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so I, I, I imagine off-season workouts, I don't even think they'll be playing football. I think that'll probably just be working out. Yeah, just wait really, training and really uninteresting. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, and then the draft happens, which we all know about, and we've actually done a whole podcast on. Yeah. So, do you have any, do you have any takeaways you remember from our draft episode that happened in this year's draft to kind of give us narrative as we go through here? That episode was ages ago, mate. The players keep coming up. They're now in the league, Paul. Uh, Richardson got drafted. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he was really good at jumping. Yeah, I, I worry that in an episode I hit the jumping too hard. Possibly. Um, not that useful a skill <laughs> by itself. Watch though, that come into play in a big way. Yeah, maybe. Be a he really hurdles, tight game and he hurdles, hurdles a safety over. to score a touchdown. Yeah, a game-winning touchdown in the final <laughs> seconds. Um, I hope yeah. you didn't want more info than that. Well, I thought we might get, you know, who he was drafted by, where he was drafted, or just more than one player. But is that all we got? Yeah, it's better all than we nothing. Got. It's better than nothing. Um, yeah, he went to the Colts, just by the way, at number yeah. four. I actually didn't know number four. Should have said, should have said number four. Yeah, should have. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's the draft. Obviously, that's exciting. Um, but then things get really boring between <laughs> the end of the draft and well the beginning of training camp you get a bit of interest but even that's not that exciting yeah so just to go through surely the first bit of training camp is only the, the new players then if the veterans can't play until two weeks before yeah. yes um, you can't do signals on a podcast. <laughs> um, For reference, John tapped his nose and pointed at the camera <laughs> as if to say, well done. Well, you know, well done. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so after the draft, there are apparently there's rookie mini camps, which I guess are just rookies. Yeah, how many and, uh, rookies would a team have? Obviously, it vary. Uh, quite a lot. More than like 12? Like um no, about that. Okay. It does vary quite a lot. Probably yeah, obviously they'll so have like coaches and stuff there. It won't just be the rookies, just like Yeah. <laughs> so, what what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so that's not that interesting, but that does happen. And that's I think over one weekend. Uh either one week or two after the draft. Yeah. Um and then there's OTAs, which stands for Organized Team Activity. Again, that vague language makes me think it's not training. It's that sounds like it's like to get to know everyone. 
and they're going to like play paintball. Yeah, like team building. Yeah, I hope that is what it is, but not like a really cool version, just like <laughs> sort of thing you do at the like school. Yeah, go around the room and say one fun fact about yourself. Yeah, or <laughs> two lies and a truth. And people Did don't you guess it. Either or, mate. <laughs> Both words. Um, yeah, okay, so um, rookie minicamps obviously just for the rookies. OTAs, I'm fairly sure, are optional or optional yeah. for the veterans at least. So you normally get kind of that kind of time when there's fuck all to talk about in the NFL world. You often get reporters and stuff trying to like drum up a story about so and so's not coming to OTAs or trying to make beef out of it. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's, oh, I guess sometimes there's stuff, there's something in that, but it's normally pretty much nothing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I imagine there's an, the odd time if there's been a trade and like someone from a rival team is now playing with you quite mm. closely, there could be arguments there, but yeah, they're probably fairly few and far between. Yeah. And from, like, from when you watch football, American football, you notice how much respect they have for each other like on opposite teams way more than it seems a lot less tribal than other sports yeah it's with like they do really like get into it sometimes like at training like, amongst their own team yeah they'll be like I didn't realise this until this off season but I've seen like clips um, so obviously there's, so there's at training there's practices and I presume only a subset of those are like open to the public to like go and watch in the press and stuff. Um, yeah. But even on those ones, you see like videos of just like, you know, some little thing happens and then five seconds later, the whole offense is fighting the defense. You know, like, oh, well, like, how did this happen? <laughs> actually physically scrapping? What do you mean shouting at each other? No, like uh, I saw a clip of Michael Parsons, the Cowboys defender, like linebacker slash defensive end uh, like punched someone like three times <laughs> I mean the guy's wearing a helmet but yeah <laughs> not the point now right um, but yeah obviously I guess they go on to be teammates so um, yeah obviously it all works out in the end yeah you'd hope or one of them gets traded again <laughs> yeah someone broke his hand punching someone in the helmet so <laughs> Um. Yeah. Okay. So then, training camp is where things properly start. Which, yeah, it's 15 days before your first preseason game for a veteran, or yeah. one week before that for rookies. Okay. Um, and your first preseason game varies depending on what team you play for and when the schedule is. Um. Wasn't well, because... the very first game like the seventh. The very first game is the was the is always he's always is the Hall of Fame game, which is like an extra one. So every team gets three preseason games. Ah, uh, okay. But two teams play in the Hall of Fame game, which is the week before as well. Okay. Um, and how they, do they choose the two teams? I don't know exactly how they choose, but I guess they're normally two teams. That think they're not allowed to have made the playoffs the previous year. Um, 
Okay, which and I then, guess means they've had enough time to break. Yeah, and also, if you're giving them extra time in training, you don't want to be giving the good teams extra time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because if they start their preseason earlier, they can start their training camp earlier as well. Is there some prestige to winning the Hall of Fame game? What makes it? Um, no, so it's called the Hall of Fame game because they induct players into the Hall of Fame. And sort of as part of that weekend celebration, they play a game in Ohio, Canton, Ohio, which is where the Hall of Fame is. Um, the game itself is not good. Like the quality is bad. Um, the competitiveness is even worse than the rest of the preseason. Yeah, it's two teams that didn't do great last season that yep. are playing probably not their stars. No, no not stars, risk but... injury mm-hmm. and probably trying weird stuff to see maybe this will work. Like they would do all preseason, maybe trying different sorts of formations and different um, that aren't very proven. I know why you're saying that. But it's sort of, I think it goes more the other way. We just play um, really basic stuff. Yeah, because they don't want to give away any of their play calls, okay. any of their like I don't know whatever the defensive equivalent of a play call is. Um, they don't want to try anything kind of fancy. They just, yeah. just do kind of basic stuff. They just give it to the running uh, back and he runs in a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> every every time. Get in the huddle. They just like, QB Neil every every play. You have to run a straight line again? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't every actually time. hurt the running backs. So it's just some <laughs> random guy on specials team. Yeah. God. But um yeah, okay, so I feel like we've gone back and forwards, but so training camp starts then. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing, well, the most interesting thing is all off season, well, most off season up to this point, you've been building a roster um, of ninety players. Um, so obviously you have, have however, you have however many you had last season. You've drafted a bunch. You've signed some undrafted guys. You've signed some veterans. Um, and then all ninety of those go into training camp and then basically they've got the length of training camp and the preseason to compete with each other for a spot on the final 53 man roster yeah so it's a decent cut that yeah 37 out of 90 get cut good maths yes quick maths mate. um I have a funny feeling now. There's actually some weird like stipulations that mean you can actually keep maybe 54 or 55 because it's like you can have like an extra offensive lineman and maybe even an extra quarterback. Anyway, I can't remember the exact rules, but yeah. Okay. But roughly that. Um, yeah. Um, so that's what the most, that's the most interest, the most interesting part of training camp and definitely the preseason is. Seeing who gets cut. Is, yeah, seeing those kind of battles and trying to figure out. Because, you know, you would, you know, so from the draft, you'll know anyone who drafted in the first round, second round, guaranteed roster spot. Third round, probably. Um, And then the other players will be competing. Yeah. So, you know, you would think a linebacker you drafted in the fourth round 
is more likely to get a spot than a linebacker you drafted in the seventh round. But it depends yeah. a lot more on how they play than their like college tape or whatever. Yeah, and how they complement the rest of the team once they yeah. start playing together. Even if exactly. you think fourth round guy is still better. If he doesn't work in the way your team is set out to play that season, might be yeah. more beneficial to keep the seventh round guy. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, so are these cuts happening now then? Um, not just yet. It won't be long. Um, I think the deadline is the. Mm, I want to say 29th of August. I'm fairly sure it's this month. Um, when they have to actually like officially submit their final roster. It's about a um, week. Yeah, about a week. So we've just had the second preseason game as we're recording this. Um, so the third and final one is this coming weekend. And I guess that would be players' last chance, last proper chance to like, you know, give the best account of themselves they can and try and get a spot. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah, but yeah, so you can see how like these fights break out when like yeah. you're literally yeah, there's a lot a on job. the line. Like you're paying for a lot of money. Yeah, and like it's been what you've been working towards for like your whole life. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, just get nine to five, mate. Less pressure. A lot less pressure. Yeah, less chance of getting hit as well. Yeah, most likely. It depends on the job, but probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then, yeah, and that's the end of off-season. You've made your roster selection. Some games will probably, some teams probably have one more preseason game, maybe. Yeah so, or... yeah, so at the end of your, so the preseason ends at the end of the third game. Yeah. Um, and then they have a week off. And then the season starts. I say yeah. a week off, a week of that game. Let's be training, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, so. They so there's do one have... weekend with no game yeah. in between. Yeah. So is it in that like week and a half, two week period? Is that where the roster selection falls for every team? Um, so there's the official league deadline. Is 29th or whatever. Yeah, I might have misremembered that, but yeah. But would every team have played all three games by that deadline? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so one thing that's strange is not only are you like as the coach of your team, you got to figure out who the best players on your team are, obviously, and select your fifty-three man roster. But what happens is obviously on that deadline, you know, thirty. What did you say? Thirty-seven players from every other squad are getting cut yeah and as part of that process you have an opportunity to sign those players okay so you've got to be scouting everyone else's teams as well for positions that you think you're lacking in but if everyone's roster selections the same date Mm. and surely everyone gets cut the same time and surely it's then too late because you've chosen your roster uh, I think you can I think so you can make cuts and then you won't I don't, I'm just kind of guessing here, but I think you would cut players. Oh, get down so to once 53. you got 
Okay, yeah. And then allow yourself some time to pick up someone else and then cut someone else. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so it's usually if, at least a few days before the final league deadline, you would have cut pretty much all your players and looking yeah. at what other teams were cutting. I mean, it used to be a, a staggered cutting process. There used to be league mandated deadlines for by this time you have an 80-man squad, by this time you have a 60-man squad, by this time you have a 53-man squad. But now it's all at once. Um, okay. And obviously, you've also got a practice squad to fill. Um, so 53 is your main, your active roster who can be selected for matches. And then you have a separate squad, which I think is about 10 or 12 players, which is the practice squad. And you can sign players to the practice squad. But if they're in your 90-man roster and you cut them, before you can put them on the practice squad, they have to go through a thing called waivers, which basically means every other team can sign them. Okay. If they want, before they can go on your practice squad. Yeah. So So they have an opportunity to be on any team's starting roster before hmm. they can go in any team's practice squad. Yeah. Which makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it stops you like stashing. If you had, I don't know, let's say you had four really good quarterbacks and you're only going to carry three on your active roster. You yeah, can't you just can. like stash him away and keep him away from everyone else. You have to release him and let him at least let the other teams have the option of signing him before you can stash him. What I'd be doing though, well, I imagine there's a reason why they don't do this. But what makes sense in my head is if I've got loads of good quarterbacks or whatever, mm -hmm. and I think oh, these other teams might be interested in a guy that I want to cut. Yeah. I'm waiting as. I'm giving them no time to pick him up. Like I'm waiting till just before the deadline and then I'll cut them. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure how it works. I, I imagine there's reason why that wouldn't work because otherwise other people would do that. Yeah, there's definitely procedure in place to allow for those players to still be picked up. Um, yeah. Maybe there's a deadline for your initial 53-man roster and then after waivers and stuff. You, there's still scope to make changes. That's probably how it works. Okay, interesting. But um, yeah, it's tricky because then if you have a player who you've seen in training camp and you think, oh, they're pretty good, I'd like to hang on to them, but they're probably not good enough to make my 53-man roster. But then in the preseason, they really flash and they look really good in the preseason. But you know, oh, they're they're not they're still not good enough to make the roster then but maybe you've got another player who plays the same position who you think is better but hasn't flashed in preseason maybe he didn't play as much and you think other teams won't rate him as highly then maybe you put the one that flashed on preseason in your active roster because the other player is more likely to make it through waivers so you can put him on your practice squad yeah you got do you know what think I mean? about all those things. Bit of a chess game. You yeah. imagine what other teams will want as well, what position mm. they want. Exactly. If there's a team in your division that desperately needs more whatever position, doesn't matter, tackles, mm. and you've got a lot of good tackles, it might be worth 
keeping an extra tackle that you don't really need. If you can afford to, to do that. Just to stop someone else from having them. But yeah. But yeah. It's hard because like, yeah, I'm trying to think. Was it last? I think it was last season. Um, everyone around the league sort of knew that San Francisco had a really good running back room. Mm. And we had, I can't remember how many, like six running backs who all had a good shot at making the the roster. Um, so ended up, so obviously we had to cut, um, we cut at least two um, and they both got signed by other teams. So Jermichael Hasty uh, went to the Jags and was like, a decent piece. He was like their number two running back. And Trey Sermon, who I believe is with the Eagles now. I can't remember if he was there last year. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he was a second round pick, I think. Or maybe the third. But so for him to get cut was not good. Anyway, not important. But yeah, so it's all about what positions of need do you have and what positions of strength do other teams have that you can maybe like target yeah an awful lot to think about yeah this is not my job that would give me a headache I'm already getting a headache just thinking about it to be honest Maybe not even the specifics that. just knowing what generally <laughs> goes into those sort of decisions thinking about the idea that someone else is having to think about it is giving you a headache yeah that thought alone let alone all their thoughts <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's sort of how that's sort of how the off season, preseason kind of goes. Um, I, I guess yeah. So the most interesting things are like who's going to make the roster, like fringe guys, um, yeah, and also like rookies, um, especially like obviously rookie quarterbacks is the easiest one to like have a look at. Especially in preseason, um, yeah, how they're gelling with the team. Yeah, because like starters don't play in preseason as a general rule. Um, might play for like one drive or one quarter, maybe. Um, but rookies, even if they're like draft number one or whatever, will often play a bit more because they need the kind of time, they need the snaps. Um, yeah. So that's always interesting to see. Um, and from what I've seen and heard this preseason, which isn't loads, um, rookie quarterbacks have been doing pretty well, but not the like big ones who drafted at the top. Like the lower round rookies seem to be doing really well. Okay, interesting. Who are we looking out for? Um, well, the one that impressed about? me was Aiden O'Connell. I mean, I watched him because he was playing against the Niners. Um, but like he looked competent, like really well, competent is the wrong word. Um, like confident and like he looked like he belonged there. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um and on the other side of the field for San Francisco, we had Trey Lance, who was number three overall a couple of years ago, blah blah blah. Um he looked who looked a lot more like a rookie than Aiden O'Connell did. Um I mean, there's an argument to be made that 
Aiden O'Connell's probably played more football than Trey Lance because of because Trey didn't play much in college and hasn't played much since. But um, yeah, it's interesting. And uh, what's that guy's name? Dorian, Dorian Thompson Robinson. That seems too long. Um, DTR. That might be that. Dorian Thompson Robinson. That does seem like too long. Um, Who's that? He's the Browns' backup. I guess one of the Browns' backups. Um, but he played in the Hall of Fame game and looked really good. Okay. Um, but again, like a lower, a low round rookie. Low round? High round? You know, further down the draft. Um, yeah, not a first round. Yeah. Um, but then people like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, one and two, did kind of struggle. I mean, we, we didn't see that much of them. Yeah, but they didn't shine. No. Um, but, yeah, it's hard, especially when you're playing behind a bad line, offensive line. Um, as a rookie, it's just kind of yeah, kind of doomed from the start. Um, Odds aren't in your favour in that situation. Yeah, exactly. But um, we'll see. they got plenty of time. Um and uh, Anthony Richardson has been named the starter now. I remember last time we spoke, it was kind of up in the air still. Up in the air still. He's officially been named the starter. Okay. Um, but weirdly, he didn't play the most recent preseason game. Um, which I get like rest your starters so they don't get hurt. But you could do with as much experience as you can get. Yeah. I mean, him especially, he was a bit like when Trey Lance came out a couple of years ago. He's the rookie who has the least experience. I think he's only, I was going to say 19, that can't be right. Um, he's younger than a lot of the others. Um, yeah. I think he only played two years at college. Um, so he's just played a lot less football than everyone else. Um, so I do find it surprising that they'd rest him. But what do I know? You never know their reasons, do you? I could be loads of reasons. But yeah. Um, are you in a cave? Why is it dark? Uh, well, there's loads <laughs> of sun on me. I guess there's not sun on my head. <laughs> I don't even know what you mean there. I don't know. There's not really a good way to... I can only see up to your shoulders. You do that. Oh, then... oh, yeah. You're not it's... in a cave. It's actually very bright in here. <laughs> it's just where I'm sat. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we? Um, do you have any any thoughts, feelings you want to add? No, not especially. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Do you? Um, well, I, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You have. <laughs> fuck off. Uh. You have because I don't really, I don't really know half the stuff we're talking about. Hmm. That's. Do you feel that's like exciting. you've learned something? Well, yeah, I sort of didn't really know about, or did know, but sort of forgotten about the ninety man to, down to fifty three and the hmm. practice squad and how all that works. I didn't know any of that really. I knew they had a, more people in training camp than they could have on their roster. 
but I didn't realize quite how cutting him would work and how other teams can pick him up. So that's yeah. the the excitement. Yeah, well, that's good. That, I'm pleased that that's your takeaway because that is definitely the most interesting thing. Um, and obviously, for someone like me who follows one team quite intensely, I kind of have a good idea about, not for all the positions, but I know a good chunk of those 90 players. Like, um, So it's quite interesting watching the preseason and seeing, oh, so-and-so. They're not doing great. All of a sudden, like, you know, made a big play or whatever. Um, or we had our um, our return specialist, wide receiver, um, got injured. So he's going to be out. We don't know exactly how long for. But so, oh, does that open up a roster spot? It's like, do you carry him on the roster even though he's injured? Or do you, like... Um, put him on like the injured list um, and then it's like well who's going to be the return um, player like, so that that was all quite interesting what's the injured list um, where so you keep a player but you're not allowed to play him yeah so obviously so you can have 53 players uh, designated as active i.e. on the active roster um, yeah but then there's a list called Injured Reserve um, IR, which is players who are injured. They're still on your team. No other team can get them, but they can't play. Um, but there are rules about who you can put on that list and how long they have to be on that list for. So I think if you put them on IR bef- before the roster cut down, I don't think they can play all season. Okay. If you put them on the list after the roster cut down, you, I think they have to be, you can't play them for four weeks, I think. Okay. Um, so what, so if um, this guy, Ray Ray McLeod, his name is, if he was injured for, if they thought he'd be out for more than four weeks, a likely thing they would do is put him on the 53-man roster, which does mean, obviously, everyone else is cut and goes through waivers. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as they've put him on the 15 man roster, put him on IR straight away. Yeah. And then that opens up a roster spot. So as long as the guy that you want from your team has passed waivers, you can sign him and put him straight on your active roster. As oh, so putting him on IR after your roster selection op- does open up a roster slot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just, yeah, it gives everyone else a chance to potentially steal who you'd want. Who you'd want that fifty-third man to be? Yeah, yeah, I but, think so. Yeah, probably makes more sense than losing him for the entire season. Yeah, maybe someone yeah. you think you're, you're going to want to play a lot. Mm. I guess it, you'd want to lose on for a season if they're maybe really young, look like a good prospect and a good investment, but they weren't really going to play much that season. Or maybe yeah. you did think they were going to be injured for most of the season anyway. Yeah, if they're going to be out for a long time, you can do that. Or, um, yeah, like I say, if they're going to be out for maybe six weeks, but then you weren't sure if you were going to carry them anyway, maybe you can stick them on IR. How many um, players can you have on IR? I don't know. I think... Um, like about five. 
maybe. I think there's a there's definitely a limit on how many players you can take off IR during the season. Okay. So I think you know, during the season, obviously players get injured a lot more. I think you, I think you can put them on I. I think you can probably put as many as you want on IR. I expect, like if they're actually injured, because when they're on that IR, they can't play. Um, and obviously, like I say, they have to be on there for at least four weeks. I think it is. But then there are, I think you can only bring back four, I want to say, to your active roster from IR. Okay. So if yep. there's someone who's injured and is going to be out three weeks or four weeks, maybe, um, but you've already brought back three guys and it's maybe you've still got a few weeks left of the season, like not a few weeks, like six weeks left of the season, then you might say, let's just keep him on the on the roster. So that if something happens to someone else, we can still bring back another player later yeah. or something. Okay. That makes sense. But yeah. It's really confusing because there's, there's there's other lists as well. There's a pup list, physically unable to perform, um, which I don't know as much about. Um, there's also an NFI, non-footballing injury list. Um which is if you get injured in the off season, not from football, a team can put you on the NFI list and then you don't get paid. I think. Oh my God. You've got to be so careful in your off season then. Yeah. I'm just staying um, in bed until they call me back. <laughs> well, there was a, um, I'm trying to remember. There was a Buffalo running back, Naheem Hines, this offseason. Um, got he he went jet skiing and hurt himself. And I was I was when I heard that I was a bit like, okay, well why are you going jet skiing? Like, yeah. come on. But it turns out he was when he was injured, he was he was stationary and he was hit by another jet ski. Ah. Oh. Whoever hit um, him cost him so much money then. It was the head coach of a different team. No. <laughs> it wasn't really. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know if he went on the NFI list or the, or IR or what, but I think he would have been eligible to be on the NFI list. So then he gets no wages, which I don't know how much it would be for Naheem Hines. I don't know, $4 million. Okay. Good. Worth having. So you'd still belong to that team? I believe so. Yes. I'm not 100% so I'd be sure. tempted to say if they're not paying him, he he don't belong to them. But I guess he signed a contract and in the contract it said... You, you, you have to play football. <laughs> you have to play football and if you get injured in the off-season, we ain't paying you. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on the exact rules. But um, that was when, like, um, this is all quite boring, but I I told you a couple of weeks ago about Jonathan Taylor requesting a trade from the Colts. Right. Because um, he was beating with the owner. And oh yeah, the owner then, I don't know if he, he actually did or he just threatened to put him on the NFI list saying that Jonathan Taylor had a back injury that he sustained in the offseason. 
which Johnson Taylor is then disputing, saying that's not true. Like, where are you getting this information? Like, my back's fine, sort of thing. But obviously, if you're threatening that, then it's like, um, there would be a bit of Johnson Taylor. I'm sure that's like, oh, maybe I should stop kicking up a fuss because rather than you know not getting a better contract, I might lose all my money this year. Yeah. Um, it came out this week that the Colts have allowed him to officially request a trade or like talk to other teams or whatever the exact language is. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm still not sure what happened. I don't know who who would trade for him. They're not um, got very long to fund. No, this is what I mean. Like, uh, like you do your big pieces first. Not many people have kind of space for like a top level running back now. No. Um, it's getting the little pieces in play now. Yeah. And it's sort of sort of stupid because the Colts are sort of refusing to pay him like a top running back. But I suspect they'd only accept a trade if they're offering up the kind of value that you'd expect for a top level running back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're paying him I don't know X amount of money. Mm. But then they're saying Oh, you have to be the only way we're getting rid of you if they pay you like double that or whatever. Just like, how much is his value then? Yeah, you're not exactly. paying him much, but you're saying he's very valuable if you went to sell him. So, yeah, being sneaks, um, I reckon. Yeah. Um. We'll see. I mean, I think the Colts need him. Um. Anyway, we've spoken about the Colts before. We see have. previous episode. Um, <laughs> should we call it there? Let's call it. All right. Um, should I say goodbye? Yeah. Goodbye. Bye.